0: Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking opinions from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. Today, senior correspondent Damon Linker attempts to get to the bottom of religion's millennial problem.
1: The problem, if you're not familiar, is that a growing number of people couldn't care less about religious holidays and rituals. And we're not talking about atheists. Demographers have actually come up with a name for this other group. They are called the nuns, because when asked their religious affiliation, they say none. In America, the nuns make up roughly one-fifth of all Americans, and 32% of those under the age of 30. What's interesting is that a good number of the tens of millions of nuns pray and claim to have spiritual experiences, but they have no interest in joining concrete religious institutions or abiding by religious traditions of any kind. For them, organized religion simply isn't an active option. What if anything can organized religion say in response to the rise of the nuns? How might they make a case for religious faith and observance? Why should a young person choose to be seriously religious today? Predictably, liberal churches and synagogues usually claim that religious institutions would benefit by becoming more liberal, while more conservative ones see the confident embrace of tradition as the key to revival. But I'd like to offer an alternative, less conventional theory of religion's potential appeal to at least some young people. First, it's worth noting that serious piety appeals to those who demand that this world makes sense and that all aspects of existence cohere. That is indeed the great promise held out by the major monotheistic traditions, to grant us a coherent account of the whole of things. The longing for such a holistic view of existence is deeply rooted in human nature, and I believe the pervasive irony and cynicism of our age convinces many young people to view it with suspicion.
0: What religion are you?
1: You know, the one with all the well-meaning rules that don't work out in real life, uh, Christianity. But this truly is a modern conundrum. Back in the day, such a longing to make sense of this universe was celebrated by our greatest philosophers and theologians. Plato called it Eros, and linked it to both sexual desire and the hunger for philosophical wisdom. The tradition of Christianity talked about an inexpressible and inextinguishable yearning of the soul for communion with divine infinitude. So what separates ancient accounts of these longings from our modern ones? It's the question of whether there is an object that can satisfy them. After all, what's the appeal of longing if you may never reach fulfillment? And therein lies the indifference of the nuns. Religious institutions face two challenges. First, convincing the nuns to recognize and respect their own religious longings. Second, persuading them that what the churches teach and demand can truthfully satisfy those longings. My own view is that the first should be relatively easy to accomplish, but that the second may well be impossible. Indeed, religious institutions face a number of obstacles, including the often horrifying contrast between biblical moral teachings and the behavior of clerics and other ecclesiastical bureaucrats. How many people have permanently turned their backs on the Catholic Church in disgust because of the pedophile priest scandal and its cover-up? The Pope's statement this morning is the first time he has apologized for the sexual abuse of children by priests in the Catholic Church. It is significant for the strong language which the Pope uses. He calls it an evil which the Church will not step back from, and he says that sanctions must be imposed. Despite Pope Francis's recent apology, I suspect the Catholic Church may have lost some members for good. But perhaps the most daunting obstacle to getting the nuns to treat traditional religion as a viable option is the sense that it simplifies the manifest complexity of the world. Yes, we long for a coherent account of the whole of things, but we don't want that account to be a fairy tale. We want it to reflect and make sense of the world as it is, not as we childishly wish it to be. The tendency toward oversimplification is a perennial temptation for all forms of human thinking, but it's especially acute in matters of religion. There is a whole, and it can be grasped, but it is a complex whole, a pluralistic whole, a differentiated whole shot through with contradiction and paradox. This is something that modern men and women intuitively understand, even if they've never read a word of the great philosophical pluralists and even if they choose to devote their lives to fighting it in a futile and self-defeating embrace of fundamentalism. Until religion comes to grips with and responds creatively to the fact of pluralism, it will find itself embroiled in a battle against reality. And that is a battle it is bound to lose.
0: And that does it for this episode of 7 Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes wherever you get your podcasts. For more from this series or any of the week's podcasts, including 7 Minute Explainers and This Week I Learned, go to theweek.com slash audio. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a rating or a review on iTunes. Happy listening!